Hello, I'm Lucy Gray. The Israeli military says it's striking Hamas targets in all parts of the Gaza Strip, as well as Hezbollah targets in Lebanon. An IDF spokesman said it was hunting commanders of the Palestinian militant group and attacking infrastructure. Meanwhile, the Palestinian Red Crescent says the area around the Al-Quds Hospital in Gaza City has been under heavy bombardment by Israeli forces. Our Middle East correspondent Yolan Nell reports. Shrouded in darkness, the Gaza Strip is pummeled from the air by Israeli airstrikes, with flares raining down to mark targets. And by day, the devastation and the huge human cost is clear. It was the subject of a briefing given to the UN Security Council last night. According to figures from the Palestinian Ministry of Health, some 40% of the more than 8,300 people killed in Gaza were children. The true cost of this latest escalation will be measured in children's lives, those lost to the violence and those forever changed by it. More than 420 children are being killed or injured in Gaza every day, a number that should shake each of us to our core. More than three weeks after Israel endured its bloodiest ever day of attacks, it's been expanding its military operation to obliterate Hamas, which controls Gaza. Israeli tanks are now slowly advancing, and the Israeli Prime Minister rejects any idea of a truce. Calls for a ceasefire are calls for Israel to surrender to Hamas, to surrender to terrorism, to surrender to barbarism. That will not happen. Overnight, a glimmer of hope for Israelis, celebrating after a soldier said to have been rescued by the army in Gaza was brought home. Some 238 hostages, Israelis and foreigners, snatched on the 7th of October, remain captive. Earlier, these three Israeli women had been shown in a video put out by Hamas. When I saw the image of Danielle on TV, my heart almost stopped. My wife and I were on one hand shocked, but on the other hand we felt relief that we saw her alive and that we see her. Until today, we didn't know anything about her. Entire neighborhoods in Gaza are being rendered unrecognizable. This fifth war in 15 years is the most brutal yet. And beyond the fighting, conditions grow tougher by the day. Aid agencies saying that a small increase in the supplies now getting in isn't nearly enough. Yolande Nell, BBC News, Jerusalem. Well, there are reports 100 aid trucks will be allowed into Gaza in the coming days, but the UNRWA spokesperson Juliette Tuma says it's a fraction of the help that's needed. The trucks that have been coming into the Gaza Strip, by the way, not every day, are far from enough. Um, before the war, Gaza received 500 trucks, including of humanitarian aid. So what we're having right now is really a trickle, trickle and does not correspond at all to the huge and increasing humanitarian needs on the ground in Gaza. And in terms of the amount of people that you have in Gaza, it's many thousands, isn't it, people that have worked for you over the years. Um, what are they telling you from on the situation on the ground about how they're coping? Well, every day our sadness deepens with um, confirmation that we keep getting that another colleague is yet gone. Um, yesterday we lost Samir. He was with his family and uh, he was killed uh, with his eight children and his wife. 60 
four colleagues of ours at UNRWA have now been killed in just over three weeks in this war in the Gaza Strip. 64. Gosh, and are they, are there other people who, who remain there, are they able to carry on their work now? I mean, we've been hearing some agencies having to, to really just give up because the situation is so dire. No, we have not given up. We have not. We have 13,000 people who have been working with us uh, in the Gaza Strip. We are the largest UN agency in the Gaza Strip, one of the oldest that have been working in Gaza with the Palestinian communities teachers, doctors, engineers, um, support staff, counselors, ecologists, you name it. I mean, it's, uh, it's a very um, big presence for us at UNRWA in, in the Gaza Strip. And we have been working with the Palestinian communities. Now, many, many of our staff have been impacted themselves due to this war. Many have become displaced. Many have lost loved ones. Many have lost their own homes. Um, many of them are just exhausted. They have been living in UN shelters for weeks on end now. Many, however, continue to be on the front lines, giving the very little assistance that we have, um, being with the communities that we serve and fulfilling their humanitarian mandates. When we say these are unsung heroes, we mean it. UNRWA staff in Gaza are our unsung heroes, and they are the glimmer of humanity as we sink into our darkest hours. Juliette Toomer there talking to me. She's from the UN agency which looks after Palestinian refugees. Let's speak to Abdul Basir Hassan, our reporter from BBC Arabic in Cairo. And I was listening to a military spokesperson for Israel uh, talking to the BBC in the last half hour saying that there could be 100 trucks of aid entering from Egypt into Gaza by the end of this week. How, how feasible is that in your opinion? Well, sources at the Rafah crossing just told us minutes ago that another 60 trucks have already passed through the Egyptian gate, the Egyptian side of the uh, crossing into the zone which Israel decided to be the point where inspections are taking place, loading and unloading the trucks which, uh, and the change would be there. These 60 uh, are now uh, uh, together with another like 35 are being still at this point, didn't move to Gaza from yesterday night. Yesterday night, 60 entered uh, to that point. Only 26 of them later in the night passed to the uh, enclave. Now, at the point, there are 94 trucks at the loading and loading uh, and unloading and inspection point, which is almost like uh, 60 miles away from Rafah crossing, according to Egyptian sources. Yes, there are a, there is a significant rise in the number. We have been talking over the last days about. Uh, 14, 15, 16, 20 trucks to yesterday and today we are talking about uh, 60 and 60 today as well. This came in fact after a call between a conversation between Egyptian president and uh, 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 and uh, US president uh, Biden, which he said more trucks will be allowed in. And we have heard uh, reports from uh, yesterday that the State Department spoke about the possibility of busing fuel to Gaza, but no date was 
was set for this for for the fuel trucks to to pass on so far we are talking about food medicine and water mainly and uh, there is an expected uh, 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 trip today to uh, to the border by the Egyptian uh, prime minister something new might happen there we don't know exactly uh, why he would be there but there is also an important meeting here in Cairo between UNRWA chief Philip Lazini and the Egyptian foreign ministry there could be like a talk about the uh, uh, needs of the uh, uh, of this trip especially after the uh, complaints that whatever the number of trucks passing on it wouldn't amount to the uh, bad needs of the uh, uh, besieged strip uh, so therefore we might expect from today's meeting more numbers to be uh, divulged on what should be coming in the next days that's interesting that they're discussing the possibility of taking fuel in because, of course, Israel says that it, it won't allow fuel to go into Gaza because of the concern that it could end up in the hands of Hamas. And this is very important, but still we are talking about reports from the U.S. side, no mention of this from the Israeli side or even from the Egyptian side or even from the international organizations working in the Strip or either here on the Egyptian side. They are in bad need. There were calls that and warnings that unless we, they get fuel as soon as they can, the services and utilities are using fuel might collapse and the, the, the services are offering for the needy in Gaza Strip might uh, come to a standoff. Therefore, still food is an essential need for the Gazans and therefore we hopefully, after the uh, Egyptian, Israeli and could be the US contacts over the last hours, there could be like a breakthrough soon. So therefore, we are waiting for this significant change if it happened. Okay, thank you very much. Abdul Basir Hassan, our reporter there in Cairo. Let's uh, talk more about the military operation that's underway and speak to Anna Foster, our correspondent in southern Israel. And uh, Israel's military talking about how it's uh, hitting uh, all areas of the Gaza Strip now and saying that it's had uh, a large amount of exchanges on the ground uh, with Hamas. Can you give us an update of what's happened uh, overnight and this morning so far, Anna? That's right, Lucy. Well, the Israel Defense Forces have said this morning that they have struck more than 300 Hamas targets inside Gaza in the last 24 hours or so. And you can see and hear really the ferocity of the battle that is going on there. We're hearing constant airstrikes and, and outgoing artillery fire from here in Israel. And the pictures that the Israel Defense Forces are releasing now show their infantry troops uh, deep in, inside Gaza. You know, they're, they're on the ground. At the start of this, they were going in and coming out again, but they're very much dug into their positions now. Uh, we're seeing tanks on the, on the beaches of Gaza there, and we're seeing this, this increasing push from north to south of the Strip as they try to eradicate Hamas. You know, Benjamin Netanyahu, the Israeli prime minister, has been very clear that, uh, that this is a military operation that will continue until Hamas is defeated, until Hamas has been either destroyed or, or forced out of Gaza altogether. And you see the continuing military operation, which, which seems to be getting stronger every day, moving towards that eventual end. But it's also worth saying that, that because we're seeing and, and hearing so much activity does not mean that this will be over quickly. We heard from the Israeli Home Front Command last night. They said this will take this will take weeks, if not months. It is a, a very slow, uh, slow progress uh, towards their eventual goal of destroying Hamas. 
And meanwhile, the humanitarian situation in uh, Gaza deteriorates. So we have been hearing uh, some positive news, though, in that uh, the US and Israel talking about how there may be around 100 tr trucks of aid entering into Gaza from uh, Egypt by the end of this week. And we were just hearing from our reporter in Cairo talking about how maybe 60 trucks have gone into the inspection zone uh, at the border there. So that would be uh, a big increase from what we've seen so far, wouldn't it? It would, but they've said this before and it hasn't come to fruition just yet. For the last several weeks, there's been a lot of high-level diplomatic conversations going on about how to increase the number of trucks that go in. And you'll remember in the early days, for, for several days, you know, we, we heard that trucks will go in today, trucks will go in today, and they didn't. Now, there is a lot of work going on behind the scenes, no doubt. A lot of high-level diplomatic talks, pressure from the likes of the US, which is Israel's biggest diplomatic and, and military ally. Um, certainly that is something that is being worked towards. The Israel Defense Forces have said in, in several of their briefings now that that is something that is being worked towards. But I think until we actually see those trucks laden with aid passing fully through the Rafah crossing and into Gaza, uh, it's all just words, really, rather than actions. And I think when you look at those, those images that we saw over the weekend of increasingly desperate people in Gaza actually breaking into a UN warehouse, you know, they were kind of carrying away these big bags of, of wheat and, and boxes of basic supplies like, like sanitation and, and hygiene kits. It shows you how difficult the situation is. There is a real need for much more humanitarian aid to be getting in there. And I think that's where you see the difference between the conversations that are happening, the words, and what is actually, you know, what we're actually seeing there on the ground. Let's uh, talk a, a bit about the hostages because we saw yesterday this um, release. Well, it, the, the Israelis managed to free uh, an is Israeli soldier and she's been reunited with her family. We also saw that video uh, of three hostages being held by Hamas and really messages from the relatives of these hostages for the Israeli troops to keep these hostages at the forefront of their minds uh, as they are uh, going into Gaza. Yeah, you can see exactly why the hostage families would be saying that, because when you see the intensity of what is going on here in Gaza and, and people are looking at that and knowing that their family members, their loved ones, their friends are somewhere, somewhere inside that narrow strip being held by Hamas and Hamas are being pummeled as they are by Israel, you can see why the hostage families are really concerned about their welfare. And they have been speaking uh, with a joint voice and very loudly calling for, you know, ongoing dialogue with uh, Israel's defense minister, Yoav Gallant, with Benjamin Netanyahu, the Israeli prime minister. The families were also talking about some sort of potential hostage swap that they would support. You know, that there are thousands of uh, Palestinians being held in jails in Israel. The hostage families are talking about a swap, and it was something that uh, when the leader of Hamas in Gaza, Yahya Sinwar, spoke for the first time a few days ago, he also talked about. Uh, is it something that, that Israel will entertain the idea of? I don't know. It's hard to say. They've done prisoner swaps before. But I think what is, is crucial right now is, is that ongoing pressure that the hostage families are, are putting on the government. And particularly when, as you quite rightly say there, we saw that, that video of three hostages being held inside Gaza, uh, clearly speaking under duress from Hamas. It, you know, that part of this story, that thread of this story is, is really present right at the forefront of, of minds here in Israel all the time. And that is why you see that continuing pressure uh, from the families and, and from you know, ordinary Israelis as well 
for the government to do everything they can to, to get those, those people released. And huge international pressure on Israel to consider some sort of pause or some sort of ceasefire in this. But as you were saying, you know, Benjamin Netanyahu has been so strong in, in his rejection of that idea, hasn't he? That's right. The Israeli message is clear. They say that, that what happened on October the 7th, you know, the, the brutal uh, and merciless killing of, of more than 1,400 people, many of them Israelis, but for all kinds of different nationalities in these southern communities here, like the one I'm, I'm speaking to you from now, you know, he is, he is very clear that that, that cannot, cannot be acceptable and that the source of those attacks, which is Hamas in Gaza, needs to be eradicated. Now, the reason we see the likes of the UN General Assembly, the UN Security Council, uh, Israel's allies around the world, perhaps asking for these ceasefires or humanitarian pauses, often isn't because they are, they are telling Israel that it can't defend itself. They're, they're very clear that they support Israel's right to self-defense. It's the presence of the civilian community in Gaza which I think is, is giving rise to those requests. More than two million people live inside that very small strip of land that you can see behind me. More than half of them have been told to leave the north and move into the south because the north is where the fiercest of battles are happening. So you now have this, this desperate, displaced civilian population, many of them women and children, who are losing their lives, who are being killed in this ongoing bombardment. So that is why these diplomatic talks are ongoing um, about the, the civilian population, about the humanitarian, the growing humanitarian issues inside Gaza. But equally, that is why Israel is, is so clear from its part that it will continue to do what it needs to do to, to defend itself and, and to ensure its future security.